Hey, listeners, I've got a new website, podpage.com forward slash because I want to know. There, you can listen to all my episodes, whether you listen on Apple or Spotify, it'll take you straight to your app. And you can also leave me a voicemail. If you would like me to cover a certain subject, just leave a little message for me and I'll get it. And finally, there is a donation button if you'd like to help me out via PayPal. Um, Any little bit helps and it'll keep the podcast going and all my subscriptions up to date. Thanks so much. And you guys are killing it on the reviews and ratings. And I just can't thank you enough. And uh, happy listening. Welcome to Because I Want to Know, the podcast where we get into people's heads and find out how their choices in life has affected them. My name is Leslie Fear. I'm your host. So let's get into it, shall we? Hey, everyone. Today I'm joined with Liz Murdoch. She's a pet intuitive, an animal communicator. She's got a brand new YouTube channel. Welcome to the show, Liz. Thank you so much. I'm glad to be here. I tell you, you are so interesting to me and you have an amazing talent. I would love for you to share with everyone what you can do. So I can tune in with a dog. I do other animals, but I focus primarily on dogs, whether in person or through a picture or on Zoom. Dogs will put their noses to the Zoom camera and we connect. And I can tune into a dog and finding out what it wants its people to know. And it's random. But I also start with, tell me about your life. Show me some of the things that you really like. Let me know how you're feeling about certain things. And I can ask questions. I will have my clients write down their questions before a session. And I say, don't tell me your questions, though, until midway. And typically, we answer all the questions before they even have to ask them. So I can get answers to specific questions because the dog wants the person to know so that they can better get along with each other. Oh, absolutely. How did you get into this? How did you know you could do this? This is so unique. So I knew in kindergarten, the first time I remember meeting a dog, a girl brought her dog to show and tell. And the dog had a bow in its hair and matching toenail polish. And I looked at the dog and I thought, oh my gosh, I could hear the dog say there's more to me than this. Like oh, wow. the dog wanted to go do things and go outside. And, and I, want, I went home, my mission in life was to get a dog. And I did it with my own dog. And we won dog training award against all adults at the county fair. Oh, wow. And never thought anything of it until later in life when I was an adult working with another dog of mine that I had trained. So it was personal kind of thing. I didn't think anything of it, much like many people who have special gifts or talents that they use at home. But when I ran into a woman who I had a conversation with her dog, I ran into her a couple weeks later, and it was in an intro class kind of thing that I signed up for. And I ran into this woman, and she said, you were so spot on. I did what you said my dog wanted, and my whole relationship has changed. Oh, wow. I just have to thank you. Oh, that's amazing. And I realized yeah. I can do this with other people. I need to do this, because it was no big deal to me. I'd forgotten about the whole thing. Is this like a psychic ability for you, do you think? I mean, what do you think this is for you? Well, it's so ingrained. It's like a conversation. So is it psychic? Yeah, maybe. Is it intuitive? It's like when I have a feeling to do something. It's like an intuitive sense. And the other thing is I trust it. And I think that's a secret. Like most people, if you say, have you ever had a gut feeling about something? I've never met anybody who said no. 
So my thing is, what if you trusted that every single day? Right, right. And that's the difference. I have a huge trust in it. I'm past like, this is weird. You know, I got my master's in Columbia in education. I thought I was going to go teach the world and kids how to understand each other in a different way, you know, just come together and, and kind of enrich their programs is what I wanted to do. I never thought I would be doing this with dogs. And then it was like, oh, you're a pet psychic. But like now I'm like, I don't care what people call me. If I can advocate for a dog and help a family or a person who loves their dog so much, or is just trying to make the best of it because I got this dog for the kids and now what do we do? I can help them yeah. with their relationship. I love doing it. So I don't really, is pet psychic? Yeah, maybe, but that's not how I brand myself or think of it. I just think of it as an advocate communicating for animals here. Do you want to know something like a therapist might help someone? Right. It totally makes sense. And I love the fact that you, you have the education. You had that analytical side to you going, uh, I'm going to school, I have my master's, but this keeps coming up. So, <laughs> so yeah, yeah, there's plenty of times where I'm saying, I don't know, this is sort of weird. I don't know how this works. Because I haven't studied, you know, people have studied mediumship and all that. I have not studied that. I, I've taken classes definitely in animal communication. And I've read like all the books, but it's just trusting the dogs. And if the dog tells me, and this woman, it was like, what should I take to my dog's grave? And I was like, I don't know. And I mean, she was very heartfelt. I was like, I got to get this right. So I'm like, okay, come on, help me out here. And the dog was like, I don't really care. I don't need anything, but this is really important to her. The dog is telling me this. Oh, my gosh. Colored yellow flowers. I had this image of yellow flowers. And I was nervous because she was just eyeing me, and she, you know, she had tears in her eyes very expectantly, and I didn't want to let her down. And we were working in person, so we were very close together. This was, you know, a while ago. But anyway, so I said, well, the only thing I'm getting is yellow flowers. And she's just, like, sobbing. She goes, that's what I took last week. Oh. I'm, like, wide-eyed. I'm just sharing the information. It's, and I realize it's not up to me to figure it out or edit it out. I'm going to tell them what I'm getting from the dog. And I love that, yeah, I love that you trust it. And I trust it completely. Yeah. Well, you kind of have to, or it may not work the right way. So yesterday I sent you a picture of our rescue pug, Dexter, Uh and he was in bad shape before we got him, but he was rescued. And you told me not to tell you anything else. And I have not told you anything. So I'm just going to let you tell me what you got. Tell me that. Okay. So I wanted the picture because... I knew we were going to do this, and it's faster for me when I can look at the eyes and I connect through the eyes. And okay. I, I don't need to. I tell people I don't need to see the whole body. For me, I like seeing the eyes. I gotcha. connect very quickly, right, through the eyes. And then I texted you back, acknowledging that I got it, and I said, "Can I call him Dex?" Because I, for him, I keep hearing him say, "You can call me Dex." So he's, he's. And then there are plenty of times where I don't need the picture. And I, somebody who was working with me one time, a dog trainer, she was like, don't ask people because when you tell them things, it's going to resonate even more because that I'm telling them things that there's no way I would have known. So that's why I don't say who do you live with, how old is Dexter, where did you get him? I just want to see what Dexter wants to tell me. Let him tell me first. Okay. So okay. Dexter said, you can call me Dex. He's very chatty. Then... You know, I get it through all the senses. Some 
psychics get things and they can be very good and very right on might get it just by hearing something i get knowing sense i get images i get feelings and that's some things that people like sometimes is that i can describe things in a big picture so anyway so with i'm explaining what i'm getting from dexter dexter i heard his voice saying you can call me dex i'm like okay and then i feel him it's like a feeling but it's also sort of an a blurry image of him coming through a crowd and he i think he he loves being able to do this i feel he's telling me he nudged you to have me talk to him full disclosure we recorded this session previously but i made a mistake with my part of the auto recording so this is our second take and we did not do dexter last time right dexter's like loving this that this is the second time we're doing this. And he's like, the whole reason is so that I can be in a part of this. And he nudged you. He said he gave you the eye that you should feel comfortable asking me. He really wanted you to do this. So that's what I'm getting from him. I see him coming. It's like coming through a fog for center stage. That He's very intuitive. He anticipates. So he's like saying, like, I was going to say he gets lost in the crowd. But he goes, no, no, I'm not lost. She would not like, meaning Leslie, would not like feeling that Dexter gets lost because that's not what his life experience is about now. He's very well cared for, he says, but he has had to sort of navigate through fog. I don't know whether that's like a metaphor. I get metaphors, whether his vision is foggy sometimes. That could be. Right. I sort of feel like it is. But through the fog, he likes having center stage and an opportunity to say things. So this is about his sort of his essence is what's coming through in, in describing him. He, I feel, then I feel like a little bit of cough. You had said that he makes a lot of noise. Like, and, and I'm hearing, feeling more of like a cough, something in his chest area. I feel a restriction sort of from the middle of the throat area down into the upper chest area. Hmm, okay. I, I, feel uncomfortable like I would want like next time you go to the vet like a stethoscope check that area of his body okay all right um because I feel so this is a feeling that in my body and not me like oh am I getting a cough today I can feel the sense that an animal shares so that's what I'm getting is he has a little bit like a restriction tightness in that area that could be tied to those noises that you're making but I don't diagnose I really work on expressing what I'm feeling based on the dog okay all right Uh, but I do I do get an image of a stethoscope maybe he's had that done before or he's saying he would like that he's seen it but anyway that's something else he's sharing so I'm going to see what he would like you to know or what else that you can verify since you have not had that area checked so I'm going to see what it is he would like you to know or the listeners to like you to know okay so um, he he says this is real okay so that's great so Dexter what would you like Leslie to know um, oh he okay so he gets car sick sometimes motion sickness I have a it's, again I'm getting his eyes he, he gets motion sickness in the car and I guess he's not, he hasn't always been, when you travel with him in a car, he's not always in the exact same place. And it's like he prefers the front seat, okay? He, he, likes, he wants to just be held in the front seat, like hugged. He's saying that there have been times where he's been 
in a back seat. He doesn't like it. He wants to be very reassured and hugged, whether in a blanket, but he doesn't like harnesses that are too restraining, and maybe that's from his past. But I'm going to stop and let you comment on just part of that, the car. Is that something that you can verify? Well, I don't know. We just started putting harnesses on them in the back we we have a ranch and we go there often with the dogs obviously and when we go it's only an hour and 15 minutes so it's not a long time in the car but we started putting harnesses on them and then you know just attaching it to a seatbelt just to keep them safer because they like to look out the window and we want to give them the opportunity if they want to look out the window they can but if we have to slam the brakes on they're still safe you know so that is what i'm getting why we get it and i will also say that i often will tell clients about i caught connecting the dots sometimes people have an aha moment after we hang up or in a couple of days but what i'm getting is that harness he doesn't like it and he doesn't need to see out the window to him it's more important feeling secure and that he might like an adjustment with the harness because it's constricting on him physically. He doesn't really like it. He okay. is like a mama's boy. He likes it when your hands are directly on him. So a transition time to get, because yes, it's very important that dogs be secure in a car, drive around the block or in this cradle position. Or if you have a blanket that you might have used when, when he's been held in the past, Put them in a crate. Keep fine-tuning what you're doing. Okay. Okay. No, that makes sense. And yeah, because you know what? He doesn't love being held, believe it or not. He's very stiff. Now, Molly, I can pick her up wrong and she's fine with it. You know, I mean, she's just cuddlebug. He's so stiff. That's why I wanted to ask him, what happened to him to where he's he still cowers? We've had him for two years. I don't know what to do. So I think it's a, it's a mix of things. I mean, there can be things from the past, but there's also aging. And so my sense is some of it's physical. And that as he's physically more comfortable, that he's comfortable with who's holding him. Like I have a dog who had some trauma in her past. And she's very particular on how she's picked up and who holds her. Right. Her health is fine. It's not a health issue. With him, I feel like there's a mixture of physical discomfort in how he's been held and the trust and then the internal, uh, his lung area. I just feel like there's a restriction that he's experiencing now. Is it a restriction of emotional Possibly. Yeah, I can't diagnose what's causing it. Yeah. Well, and every now and then he'll kind of do that pug cough, but that's not very often. It might, I think you're onto something. I think it is something emotional because he is a, a ton better than he used to be. I mean, he's so much better than he used to be. And he's gradually getting there. I don't want to tell you too much, and you told me not to, but I will tell no, you that. There's trust. But I do think, like, in the car, if you've been in the seat, there's a blanket. That's why I'm like, I mean, a crate, they can still get jostled. It has to be very secure. And right, right. Like, when I put my dog in a crate, she's in a small enough crate with a big dog bed stuffed in there. There's plenty of room to breathe. But she's curled up in her area, and she's very secure because I wouldn't want her to get injured if the crate was thrown just from breaking or if we were hit. So I am a big advocate for having them crated or tied. I do not feel like he's ready for this harness thing. And he's like, hey, what's this? And for him seeing out the window, I do not feel like that's his priority because of this. 
I get, I just feel again, I feel very nauseous. Oh, okay. It's more important for him to feel secure. That's like his thing. Like he may have been in a harness previously where someone pulled him and yanked him. We don't know. And I don't like going back into too much of like, oh, he had a horrible experience until, you know, he was rescued and now his life is okay. And this is his new story. And we go on about it. We sort of put the emphasis on the new chapter. Right, right. It's like, oh, in this new chapter, we tried this harness. And when we went to try this harness, we had the best time because we met these people at the harness store. You know, we don't make it all about this horrible harness. Right, right. Whole energy change around what's happening for the dog because they're very present if we allow them to be. So as you can tell, part of my work is I I explain this, but then I've had all this dog training experience with my dogs and then doing assisted therapy with them and visitations with people and giving talks about rescue work that I mold in some of my educational experience to help people figure out what's the best solution though for them. Right, right. What he's saying to me is that this harness thing and this car trip still needs some fine tuning. And you're right on about the harness thing. I do think we probably need to get a different harness for him. The one we have now, we put an extension on because the pugs are wider around their back. And this particular harness we already had and we just made it work. But I think we can get a, a better fit for him. And I think it would make a huge difference. You're right on about that. And he likes some padding, I think, with it. I mean, it's like a horse. When I work with horses, this one woman was like, oh, you know, he's a handful. All these people, you know, I know he's a hassle. I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Of course, he's going to be a hassle if everybody's talking about him like that at the stable. Yeah, (laughs) right. So I go in and I go, you know, is his saddle the right one? I said, I don't think he likes his saddle. She goes, no, I have an old saddle. It's for my other horse. And I'm like, well, he's uncomfortable. I feel this pain and I just, this is why I focus on dogs. Like, I don't know. I just say the backside of where the saddle is. Right, right. Anatomy. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to pretend to. Anyway, it turns out, and she said, I've been wondering about the saddle. I thought there's somebody coming who fits saddles, you know, tomorrow. Like, well, I hope he has an appointment because I don't think his saddle's fitting right because I feel this redness around where the saddle would be. And maybe that's contributing to why he's ornery because he's a experiencing some discomfort right the horse needed a new saddle and his whole personality changed oh wow so to yeah ride him with the saddle and it hurt so yeah and you yeah it did. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then he got labeled and then uh, everything changes and we do that with our dogs and so back to dexter dexter's like i thought this was about me <laughs> dexter, dexter i hear you Okay, so I think that the other thing that he's showing me is that it's pressing into him in a way he doesn't like how it feels. Oh, he's highly sensitive, too. So I felt like he wanted blankets in the car or something to help him. He's like the word is cushy to sort of get nestled in. Yes. He finds reassuring, like, the you know, babies who like the furry blankets. Right, right. Like a furry blanket. You can treat me like a baby. That the harness could get a harness that might have some kind of furry on the inside. So he's not feeling strapped in as much, but it's more he's comforted and protected. Okay. All right. I can do that. And I think you're right on about the harness. I absolutely, I don't know how you did that, but wow. Okay. Wow. (laughs) I saw an image. So I saw an image and it started and that's why it takes time going through the dots of, okay, I feel like the car, the car ride's not right. And then 
I keep going until I can figure out, okay, wait a minute, he's showing me this harness thing, the window not needing to see it. All of that helps us by going deeper what resonates. Right. So can I ask other questions or you could ask him? Okay, okay. Um, Can we find out why he likes to charge people at their feet if he doesn't know them, they're new to him? I don't know what that is. And I don't know if it's just because he's afraid of them. I, I don't know what that is. Okay, so I am getting a variety of things. One is he says, I don't do it with everybody. No, you're he right. Know them. He doesn't do that with everyone. Yeah, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. He doesn't do it with everyone. Mm-mm. I feel like he does it with the darker color shoes. He might do it more with men. It, I see the, like the darker pants and shoes and bigger feet tend to trigger him more. But he's also trying to make sense of it because I, I really wonder about his eyes. Not that it's like a pain to him, but he is trying to make sense of the world. And when somebody new comes in, oh, and he says, smeller doesn't work like it used to. He's trying to make sense. And he doesn't like, this is what he's saying. He doesn't like that all of a sudden he has to make sense of something. He likes it when, okay, he's, he's talking sort of to you, explaining to you. He goes, you know how someone new might come in gradually and, they, and I'm resting in my bed, and they walk in slowly, and you've talked about this person, I might not have met, and there's a sense of more familiarity. And so he's able to, trying to get it right, he's able to integrate, this is him, into his experience more easily, but sometimes it's harder when somebody just shows up, sudden movement, who is this person, I don't know you. He's trying to make sense of the smells, the, how they walk, the vibrations, you're trying to read you he's like overwhelmed okay you are so crazy you are so crazy on this this is exactly he it's it's like you're messing with my world what are you doing here we were happy and now you're here and and it's almost like and you're getting all the attention what that's right. He's not included, and he was included. We had something beautiful going on here. <laughs> yeah. Why are you messing up my beautiful life? Yeah, it's like taking a blanket and shaking it, and your attitude might be, listen, I'm just trying to get the crumbs off. But his attitude is like, what was that? You've messed up my whole world like a 6.0 earthquake. He's very That's sensitive. Yeah. Okay. All right. That's nice to know because you're right. I think it's a very sensitive. He's very aware of his surroundings. He's right. You know, of course, every dog, anytime the doorbell rings or somebody walks by, we have a glass front door, you know, they both go crazy. I mean, that's any dog, but mm-hmm. it's just, he, he, he's, but he's very considerate of Molly. I gotta say, I mean, she was the alpha because we had her before him and he allows her to eat before him, although he's starting to do it uh, less frequently and, and she just barks at him while he's eating. It's just funny. It, they don't do anything bad to each other. It's just funny to watch, but he's very gentlemanlike with her. Well, he likes her, but one thing, and I, I just really had this revelation with this dog that I talked to last week, who is a puppy. He's eight months old. Now he's bigger. And he, he told me, you know, the rules have changed. And I realized that you can have a very well-behaved dog or you can know the, the patterns of this dog and, and describe Dexter, his whole personality. Well, let's say five years from now, he might be behaving in a different way just because of the stage of life and how old he is, just like with people. Right. Say my, my, my baby is perfect. He sleeps through the night, but now you have a 16-year-old who's like, where is he? He doesn't come home at night. Right, exactly. So yeah. Dogs are the same way. Sometimes we have to adjust. And so 
the fact that he's starting to sort of growl maybe or, or look up and say, you know, what are you doing with Molly comes to food? That's something I tell people, be aware of when they start changing because he may be starting to have later in life situational changes, you know, subtle changes. Like older people, you know, their fingers don't work as well sometimes, so they, they don't want to type on the typewriter anymore. Right, right. Absolutely. Right. So be aware of that with your animals, too. And advocate again for the dogs right right they do change and we can't assume that he would never go after molly he doesn't have that intention but if she gets too close he thinks he's going to take her food he might growl at her right and and they have kind of have never anything bad um nothing like that he's not that kind of dog and she's not either but it's funny because as we're talking, my son just got a new dog and, and she's huge. She's a, a great Pyrenees, but she was a puppy. She's still a puppy. And he's a little frightened of her. But Molly, she'll play with her. And then it's funny because then she'll just growl at her when she's had enough. Now, Dexter has gotten better, but it's just funny. But they all get along okay. So he's really very easy with other dogs. You know, it's just he gets you're right. I think you're right on. He's very confused about the world still I think I I hope he's happy here oh he's happy he's very happy he's like are you kidding me why wouldn't I be happy <laughs> and he said and you know I, I like to get the dogs to give me specifics so that you know it's like oh she's just saying he's happy he's she, you know he loves her of course he loves her right so I'm, I'm like Dexter okay what do you he's just like showing me it's like a smorgasbord he loves the variety in his life and he really likes space. Like when we talk about the space when you're all comfortable and then say a worker was going to show up who he doesn't know, he didn't know this person was coming, then he's going to charge because he's like, what's this? Right. He likes space in his day. He likes space in his activities. He likes the variety of things you expose him to, but he still likes that there's space. I don't know if you have a big house, but I feel like there's space. Like some people have lots of furniture and decorations and knickknacks all very close and it's like, oh, what a cute cozy little place your place has space for him and it, and that's one of the things he likes seeing light in between things and again I think it's whether it's just his past and, and it was crowded and darker but you have a lot of light that he likes and I see this fogginess I don't know whether his eyes are just predisposed to something or he's changing but he gets the foggy so or he gets scared of the unknown, but he likes to see what's coming at him. Well, and we have a pretty big house here in North Fort Worth. And then we, of course, take him to the ranch. And it's it's not the biggest house in the world, but it's still, it's fairly new house. So it's mm-hmm. pretty open. So, I mean, we can throw a toy and he can run all the way through the house and go get he it. You know. That. Yeah. Oh, he, he does. That. He does. <laughs> he has a blast with it. And we play with him often. We want him to know how much we love him and Molly too. He he totally knows. And he says you mix it up with the toys. I do it's like he likes his space because I feel like he doesn't want he, he doesn't like to have to worry about rounding the corners. Like if you notice that you throw something, say you throw something like I have a couch across from a couch and if I were to throw a ball or stuff toy over the couch, like he would doesn't like having to round corners and around the unknown. Oh, right, so right. He, he, totally he makes sense. For that. Yeah, totally makes sense. Yeah. But he says that's just one of many things. The food is good. You mix it up here and there. You get treats. It's like so good. He feels like you mix it up. Um, no, you do. You have different things you give him. And yes. he, he loves that. 
what else does he, um, well, he showed me people and then he goes, for the most part. So I'm, okay, okay. What is it about people? Why do you say Dexter? You like people for the most part. Okay. He says, don't assume that just because he's a dog, they know how to handle him. So he is picky about that. And he says his issue with some people is they come in and they're very eager dog people. Like if I were to come in and just like, oh, hi, be super confident. Hi. And just say, I'm going to pet him. He's like, no, no, not so fast. Okay. Yeah. respects when people, and you allow this, he says, sometimes you've had to speak up to people and explain, oh, go slow with him in terms of touching him. Yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He likes yes. that you say, you know, let him smell you, and then how to use their hands around that front section of his body. Right. No, that's you're right. Yeah. For the, that's why he says for the people, he likes the people for the most part. Yeah. <laughs> like I said, he was found in very, very bad shape. So he was just left at a house in a backyard mm-hmm. for weeks. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. He was eating rocks because he had no food. I mean, it was just terrible. Yeah. And he says it was hard on his teeth and he still likes his food softer. Oh, well, he broke a tooth. You're absolutely right. Yeah. He broke a tooth on a rock. He does like things too hard he says he's getting better he likes some hard he's like i like to chew like the rest of them but too hard still he has sensitivity i can feel a sensitivity because it's never been the same oh okay all right well that's good to know you're not complaining right <laughs> right as a matter of fact Right. You know, other than what he's been through, he's very, very healthy. So that's a great thing. And we just have to watch what kind of food do we give him. But you have been spot on every single thing you've said. Every single thing you've said. Oh, good. Yeah. Well, I love that because to me, it's like a game. And, you know, I, I, I want to get it right for the dog and for the person to understand either the images that I'm getting or the feelings or even the words. So I, I appreciate you verifying and even more than verifying because I, I write it down and then I put it in a notebook. So, it, But then I, I, I close it out and I don't remember it. So there are people who said, oh, yeah, remember when he talked to Dexter? I'm like, who's Dexter? Yeah. <laughs> I have to, for my sanity, close it out. Sure. But what? Sure. But I appreciate that you know I, I was right and I was accurate. But what I really appreciate is when people like you then take the information and use it to enhance your relationship. Oh, absolutely! It makes me so happy to hear when people say, "Oh, I took what you said and I thought about it, and this is what we did, and it's made all the difference." That is like one of my favorite things. So I appreciate you. Well, just like you said, I have to trust what I'm getting. I have to trust you on what you're getting. If I'm going to have you on my mm-hmm. podcast and have you tell us, then you're dang right I'm going to do what you tell me to do. And the good thing is now you have this podcast to refer to if somebody says, hey, what is your experience if you were to read someone's dog? Well, here's a podcast you can go to. But you know what? I want you to tell everyone where they can find you on social media, if they want a reading, how they can get in touch with you. I want you to tell everyone what they need to do. So you can go to my website, talkingwiththedog.com, and it's easy to book a session with me. Or if you have questions, you can message me. A lot of people like going to my Instagram, talking with the dogs. They look at things there and they see, yeah, she really is doing this. I have a Facebook page, talking with the dogs. And I'm excited about my workbook that's coming out for people. So that will be on my website. It's being printed now. Oh, good, good. Yeah, tell us what this workbook is. The workbook came out of my conversations with the dogs, obviously. You know, you can do this too, because the dogs will say, you know, I try to tell her. She was getting it, but she didn't listen, (laughs) uh, meaning they didn't trust. And 
so, and people ask me to share my dog stories and, and then in researching books, I'm like, well, there's a lot of books by animal communicators. So I'm like, I'm going to do a workbook. Right. What I really want to do, I'm an educator, is teach people how to do this. It goes through the five steps of tuning in with yourself, clearing things out, tuning in with your dog, how to actively listen, which is an educational term on how to listen to the dogs. Right. So I have my workbook that goes with my class. But I decided to do it as a gift, sort of edutainment kind of gift item that if somebody, whether you or somebody else gets a dog and you want to give them something, it becomes like a keepsake. So you can fill out a page. Okay, I read the exercises. I'm tuned in. I'm going to just write down. We just got a harness. Okay, well, but you just write it down. Right. And then the idea is that as you do this over time, you're going to start being able to verify yourself what you got. And then I realized, because I, I was telling somebody about this yesterday, and she's like, I'm buying two books. And, and I was like, oh, okay. I realized, because <laughs> I was saying to her, say you have this on your coffee table, and you walk in, and you're like, okay, I'm going to do this. So you do whatever. And then kid comes home from college, or grandma's visiting, and she's like, I'm going to try this. So she can turn to a page in the journal and try it. Then you have this family keepsake of everybody who's tried it and what they got. That's and true. It's also entertaining, because it's like your dog's journal. But you're going to find things that keep coming up. And so I'm like, if people have to take animal communication and what I do, start off, okay, it's, I'm skeptical, but it's entertaining. And then suddenly there's the edutainment part, which is what my career was, of teaching kids in a fun way. But now people are seeing, oh, yeah, this is sort of fun, but gosh, I kept getting this and it made sense and I was able to solve my problem. Then, you know, we just see what happens for people. So that's my book. It's a workbook. It's got journal pages. It has a vet tracker. Before you go to the vet, you're already organized when you get there. So I'm going to put it on my website um, in the next couple of days to pre-order it. And the publisher says it should be available for print within a month or so. Okay. So we'll see. We've got many holidays coming up. So I'm hoping if it's pre-ordered, it sounds like that it should definitely be shipped and available in people's hands by January. Right. Well, it's a good holiday gift, even if it's right after the holidays. It's still something, you know, you could give to someone uh, who has a new dog or even has a, a dog they've had for years. It probably doesn't really matter. It's just something that you can start for yeah. your dog. Yes. And what I was thinking, because again, I was talking to this woman who bought two books yesterday. I was like, you know, I want to give people something because when it comes to your dog and, and there's a holiday gift or a, a housewarming. So I, I have gift certificates, which I sold last year for the holidays, which most people bought for themselves, but that's okay. But they can buy the book alone or they can buy the book with a 30 minute chat session with me. And they have something if they're buying, you know, a holiday gift and they give the gift certificate and then say in January, you'll get your book. So you too can do this. Absolutely. I think that's a great idea. I th- but I think that's also just, it's very helpful for people to understand their dogs, especially when they are rescued and we just don't know their past. Not that you want to reiterate the past, but it does explain how they are in the future. And if you can get tuned into that, absolutely. So you have been amazing, Liz. Thank you so much for your time. Again, everyone, it's Liz Murdoch. She's a pet intuitive animal communicator. She has her own podcast called Talking with the Dogs. She has a new YouTube channel. Please subscribe to her YouTube channel. It's just under Liz Murdoch Dogs, I believe is what she said. I tell you, I'm a fan. Well, good. Well, it's a pleasure talking with you and Dexter. And I hope that people who are even on the fence just start exploring it because 
I've got testimonials on my website too. It, it makes such a difference for the dogs and their people. Absolutely. So thank I you agree. for considering this. Absolutely. You've been amazing. And uh, you never know, maybe I'll have you back. Okay. That'd be great. I know you've got another dog. If you like what you heard, please leave me a five-star review. It'll help my podcast out and more people will be able to listen. Also, I am a novelist and write paranormal romance. All my books are available on Amazon.com, so check me out. And you can also reach me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thank you guys all for your support, and I'll talk to you next week.